podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. The Two-Footed Podcast is brought to you by EPLindex.com and our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. A virtual privacy network allows you to go online, change your location, access things you're geo-blocked from while keeping your data safe. So, as an example, if you are a UK expat and want access to BBC iPlayer to watch Match of the Day or ITV Hub or all four, but you get that message that says this content is not available in your location, a Liberty Shield VPN gets you around that block allows you to watch whatever you want on those services while also keeping your data safe. And it goes further than that. It allows you to open up Netflix's entire library by just changing your IP address. Liberty Shield is the number one rated VPN provider on Trustpilot with five-star ratings across the board. So go to libertyshield.com right now, use the code EPL25, and get either the hardware package or the software package. The hardware package is a router that you plug into your existing router. And any item you want to change the IP address on, be it your phone or your television, you connect that to the new Liberty Shield router. All other items can remain connected to your existing router. There's also a software package, which is instantly downloadable to your device, and you can get using straight away. Again, libertyshield.com, EPL25 for 25% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk and do check out the EPL Index and Anfield Index shops, which you'll find on Etsy. Use the codes EPL10 or RED10 for 10% off at checkout. And lastly, do remember to check out a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. That podcast is on this feed before every Premier League match week. And then the EPL Roundtable hosted by Kevin DeVries on its own EPL Roundtable feed. So just search EPL Roundtable in your podcast device. And that's out after every match week. Now, on with the show. What's good, boys and girls? Two for the podcast. Today is the 29th of August. Hope you're all well. Hope you're all enjoying your Tuesday. A little bit overcast today, but not too bad. We are going to start today with one need for each team for the remainder of this transfer window. So we'll just go by the current league table as it stands. So Manchester City is first. It looks like they know what they need, which is a midfielder with some of the departures, the injury to Kevin De Bruyne. It is pressing for them to add another 
talent in midfield. Now, Pep is very much moving away from the ticky-tacky type of talent that he had, you know, in, in the Barcelona eras and even in the early era at City when he had David Silva. And obviously Bernardo is still there, Grealish is still there, Foden is still there, and they can play that style, but he's very much leaning into this more physical style. You look at the defence that he's putting out, and it's big, physical, powerful players. Midfield is built around Rodri. The summer signing was Kovacic. You know, even a player like Jeremy Doku, like he's more a pace and power player than a finesse player. And Matthias Nunes looks like the midfielder most likely to arrive. And he very much fits into that as well. He's quite similar to Kovacic in that he's a powerful ball-carrying midfielder as opposed to somebody who's, you know, more of a a short pass merchant like like a, a Xavi was or, or even a Gundogan was. You know, someone that does what they do with finesse, with... Now, not to say that Nunes and Kovacic aren't intelligent players. They definitely are. But Xavi manipulated games with his brain. He knew every single step of what everything needed to, of, of what needed to happen and when it needed to happen. So Pep does seem to just be, you know, changing as we, as we watch this city team evolve. It does seem to be part of his own evolution as well. And they're definitely moving to more of a physical type of team, which is interesting because Liverpool used to be the physical team and city were the finesse team. And now Liverpool are trying but for me failing to be a finesse team and Pep is moving towards more of that physicality. Uh, West Ham United next. The obvious thing they need is a striker. They could use help at fullback, but the obvious thing they need is a striker. And they have been linked with a couple. Uh, there's reports that there's a striker potentially on the way from Brazil and that they want to add one more as well. Hugo Ekatiki has been mentioned. I'd love him at Brentford, but He'd be a good signing for West Ham. Uh, Yusuf Ed Naziri is the one I think West Ham should pursue. I think he'd be a very good signing there. But yeah, they're looking for what they need, which Tim Steepten is very, very good at what he needs. And Begerstein at City, obviously one of the best in the business as well. With Tottenham, again, it's a striker, but they don't appear to be going in that direction. They're pushing for Brennan Johnson. Now, I really like Brennan Johnson. I think he's a very, very talented young player. I think 50 million is a little bit high, but for his age and his talent and the fact that he is homegrown, I, I, I can get on board with it. Um, and maybe they'll wait till January to pursue that, that number nine type. Maybe that's when they'll make a move for Ivan Tony. And I think if that's what they do, then that's absolutely the right move. I don't know whether Ivan Tony can be transferred right now because of the suspension. But, I mean, you could, in theory, if he's allowed to be sold once he's back, allowed to train, which is in a couple of weeks, in theory, at that point then, you could approach Brentford, put a deal in place where he arrives in January and you could have him training with your team, in theory, between now and then. But we'll wait and see what happens. Um, Liverpool, defensive midfield. Defensive midfield, defensive midfield, defensive midfield. It's not even 
debatable. Now, they could do it a left back as well because Andy Robertson has gone, o- gone over the cliff and is rapidly descending down it, but defensive midfield. And as things stand, they are not addressing their issue. Um, Arsenal. It's hard to say, really. They've got quite a lot of attacking options. They might even, like, there's reports today that Emile Smith-Rowe could leave. I I don't know how he's not a focal point of what you're doing there. He is he is so talented. It's ridiculous. I'd love him at Liverpool. He goes anywhere, he'll be a success. Um, I would say for Arsenal, with the timber injury, maybe, and, and Tierney gone on loan, maybe a left-back. Like, Zinchenko seems to have fallen a little bit out of favour. Keywar is not the answer there. Even if they're going to do this thing with the with Partey at right-back, we steps into midfield. You will get caught out doing that. You're not winning anything doing that. Um, and a back three of, of White, Saliba and Keywar is not winning anything for you. So maybe a left back. Um, Brighton. Looks like the defensive midfield role will get, will get sorted. I would say thing they need most is probably a right back. Now, I know the manager wants another attacker, especially with Nciso out, but I think the thing they could use the most is an alternative option at right back. That's what I'm going to go with. Uh, Aston Villa. I like the goalkeeper. Defense is okay. Wingbacks are okay. Midfield is good. Forward options are good. You're looking for probably, I think, a squad a squad centre-back. With the Mings injury likely to cost him the season, if you're going to be playing a back three of Conza, Carlos and Torres, you don't have any depth. So right, is Callum Chambers still there? Maybe <laughs> he could be the one. But yeah, I think uh, I think a centre-back, a depth centre-back is probably the biggest need for Villa before the window closes. Uh, for Manchester United, I don't like the goalkeeper, but they just bought him. Uh, I like Deleuze at right-back, less so on Saka. Obviously, Shaw is out for a while. They do have Malashia, so whenever he comes back. So they're probably okay at left-back because Deleuze can also play there. wan Saka could play there if you need them to. Um, the centre-back, I wouldn't be keen on, on what they have there. I would say, I would say a starting centre-back is still what they need. But I would want someone to partner Varane, not Martinez. So starting centre-back. Uh, Brentford, it's a number nine. It's a number nine and it's not close. Everything else they have, I like. They need to get a number nine. Chelsea, a goalkeeper, a starting high-end goalkeeper. Now, I don't think they're going to do it because they've signed Sanchez. They've just signed this chap from America, Djordovic. Um, I think he's Serbian. They've obviously got Slanina. I think they I think they think that's their goalkeeper. So, you know, away with them on that. Uh, so take goalkeeper out. It's a number nine. 
it's a goal scorer. You've got to have someone that can score you more goals. They don't have it in the squad at the moment. I know they got three. It was against Luton. And I, I think if they don't get that number nine, they're going to have problems. So, yeah, number nine for Chelsea. Uh, Crystal Palace. Well, hopefully a new defensive midfielder, because hopefully my club would be smart enough to buy their defensive midfielder and they'd have to replace him. Assuming my club are not smart enough because they haven't been smart this summer. Um, well, they have in some ways, but not in others. Um, Dean Henderson's on his way in, so a right-back becomes the, the biggest need. A right-back is the biggest need um, and has been for a while. Fulham, it's a number nine. You've sold Mitrovic. You've got to get another striker, and you cannot just go into the season with Jimenez and Carlos Vinicius. You cannot go into the season with that. That is a recipe for relegation. Um, Newcastle got a good look at them at the week weekend. I love the two young fullbacks they've brought in. Midfield group is good. The forward group is good, though I think Barnes should be starting. I like the goalkeeper. He's not elite. I would say a right-sided centre-back to partner Botman. Like, if they could get, say, Edmund Tapsoppa from Bayer Leverkusen, um, he would be a very good fit there because I think his ball-playing would complement Botman quite well and his ability to carry the ball. Botman's a very good passer. Tapsoppa can step out with the ball, similar to kind of what Joel Matip does for Liverpool. Um, yeah, that's a centre-back, is, is what I would look for there. Nottingham Forest. So Andre Santos is in on loan from Chelsea. I quite like that one. Um, they're bringing in Murillo from Brazil, left-side centre-back, really good player. They still need a goalkeeper, I think. I know they got Matt Turner, but I still think they need a goalkeeper. Well, they definitely need a goalkeeper, because so they're going to need another backup anyway, even if Turner's going to be the starter. So I would say goalkeeper is probably the biggest need there. Uh, Wolves. They don't mind the starting 11. In fact, they quite like the starting 11. I think they've got, they've got talent there. And they've been decent in, they were good at Old Trafford. They were decent against Everton and won the game. Um, they're going to lose Nunes though. So it's going to have to be a starting midfielder. They're going to have to find a starting midfielder. I like Lamina, I like Joe Gomes, I like Bubakar Traore, so I like the middle of the park for them. I like Neto, and they've got Sarabia, can be a backup to him. Yeah, I would say they've got to replace Nunes. That'll be the priority. Now, considering he's not gone yet, I would look for another centre-back for depth, because you you sold Nathan Collins and you haven't replaced him. Um so another centre-back for depth is definitely something they could use. Bournemouth. Goalkeeping situation is fairly solid. They've upgraded right-back and left-back. They're pretty strong, I think, at centre-back. Um, with Sabarni, Kelly, Sinisi, Hill. So it's not a bad group at all. It's a young group, too. It's all 26 and under. You've got Pretty strong midfield now with Tyler Adams and Alex Scott coming in, Lewis Cook and, and 
Rothwell, Solanke, uh, Solanke up front is the only real striker in the squad, though. Semenyo can play up there. He's not a nine. I'd probably look for a, a different type of nine to Solanke, just a poacher type, someone that I can get up, bring off the bench and can get me goals, someone that can play with Solanke. I mean, if he, if he hadn't had such a horrendous time at Sheffield United, someone someone like what I thought Rian Brewster was going to be, you know, that kind of fox-in-the-box type of profile. Um, I was just about to say Pats and Daka, and as I put his name into Google, it pops up that they are actually interested in Pats and Daka them, Everton and Burnley. Now, Everton have already signed multiple strikers, Tremetti and Beto coming in, so they don't need him. Pats and Daka, I know it hasn't gone well at Leicester, but I do think if you play to his strengths, he will score goals. So Pats and Daka is who I'd go with. Yeah, it looks like Dak is definitely available and Bournemouth are the club being most linked with him. So yeah, Pats and Dak. Um, Sheffield United, honestly, they need everything. They need everything. But if I was to, if there's one thing they need more than anything else, it's a centre-back. Got to, you've got to have a stronger defence. So we'll go with centre-back for them. For Burnley, they've they've done a lot in this window. But I do think they're still one shy in central midfield. I just think they could do one more upgrade in there. Someone who's just got a little bit more a little bit more narrow to them. Someone that can just be the one who goes and wins you the ball back. Yeah. Like They've been linked with Daka. If I was them, the one I'd actually look at from Leicester is Ndidi. Now, he's also been linked to Forrest. But I think Ndidi, like that type of guy that just wins the ball back and doesn't do anything else, just wins the ball back, gives it to other players. That type of player could be invaluable. The issue with Ndidi, obviously, is the injuries, but you've got to have a gamble somewhere. Uh, Luton, again, it's it's everywhere. It's everything. They've, they're building a team for the championship. It's quite clear. So if I was them, I'd just look for a young centre-back. One that you can potentially go down with and have next season and won't push to leave. There's a couple, actually, that I think they should look at. Um, I've mentioned Ronnie Edwards before. I think he'd be a really good signing for a, a number of Premier League clubs. I actually think he can play centre-back and right-back. So I think if... Brighton wanted a Joel Veltman replacement. I think Ronnie Edwards would actually be a really, really good fit there. The other one I'd look at if I was um, Luton is Charlie Hughes of Wigan. I think he is a huge talent. He's already captained Wigan at 19 years of age. I think he can play 
as a centre-back in a two, a centre-back in a three, as either the right side or the middle. He can also play holding midfield. He's good enough on the ball. He's mobile enough. He's big, he's strong. Him and Ronnie Edwards, that's who I would sign if I was Luton. Because I think they'd both jump at the move. They're both in League One. So you come up to the champion, to the to the Premier League, you get your minutes with Luton in the Premier League, you develop, you're not going to be demanding to start every game. They get relegated, you drop down into the championship. That's still a level above where you were a year before. So you're still progressing in your career. Now you're first choice. And now for Luton, you've got these two very, very promising young defenders. Uh, Hughes is 19. I think Ronnie Edwards is now 20. He is. He's now 20. So you play, you have, you've got these two really talented young defenders that can be the bedrock for you to build to come back up a second time. So if I was them, I'd actually, that's what I'd do. I'd go Ronnie Edwards and I would go Charlie Hughes. Last one then is Everton. Um, do you know if I was them, I, I'd be looking at similar players, but um, I'm trying to think. See, I would like to see Everton with the squad they've got now. I think the move is to go back three, wing backs, three in midfield and two up front. So I would be looking at Pickford, Godfrey, Tarkovsky, Michaelenko, or Brantwaith. Then I'd play Patterson. Obviously, as the right wing back because I think I think he very much suits a wing back role. I would go Jack Harrison as the left wing back. I think he could fit there really well. He's got the work rate, he's got the tenacity, and he's obviously very good on the ball. Great delivery. Then I'd play Onana, someone, and McNeil as my midfield three. Now, Garner can be an option for that middle role, someone that can just you know keep things ticking over. Adrissagana Gay can be an option there, someone that can give you more ball winning. And then up front, you're going to have Calvert-Lewin or Beto, depending on who's fit and who's in form, and Danjuma. He's got to start with the other. That, to me, is a team that comfortably stays up. I think that team comfortably stays up. I don't think you need to do a massive amount with it, but I would like to upgrade that middle midfield role. So the one I'd go for is Hayden Hackney from, from Middlesbrough. Like if I if literally if Everton called me today and said we need you tomorrow, I'd just say I'll, t- I'll start now. But we're we're buying Championship and League One players, and we're going to actually build something here. And I, I'd, I'd be all over Hayden Hackney, Edwards, Hughes, Jacob Greaves, Ash Hull. I think would be a really good option on the left side of a back three as well, and just start building a proper team, a proper club, not wasting money on overpriced nonsense. Um, But anyway, there we go. That is all 20 teams and what I think they need to do between now and the window closing. Um, 
and I've given some player suggestions. So if any of them work out, just know it's because they're all listening. Um, we'll two winners and losers now from the weekend. First winner has got to be West Ham. I mean, to go to Brighton, which is a difficult enough place to go because they're a very good team, and turn them over in the manner they did, I think it's very, very impressive. I think they were... I think they were very good. I think they took their opportunities. They limited Brighton. Their goalkeeper had an absolutely outstanding game and they took their chances. So we'll go with West Ham as the first winner. We have to go Liverpool as the second winner. To go to St. James's, go 1-0 down, go down to 10 men, play absolutely awful for as long as they did and still stay in the game and then come back and win the game. There's just no question. Liverpool have to be one of the winners of the weekend. And we're going to go with Wolves then because they had started the season with back-to-back defeats and they needed the three points. They really needed the three points. That was a huge game against Everton because both of those sides are a bit of a mess on and off the field at the moment. So to get that win, that's a huge confidence boost. It's a huge three points and it just gets them rolling. You know, it gets them, and considering as well they were missing um, Nunes for the game, and he's arguably their best player, it, it will be a confidence booster for them. So we'll go with Wolves as our third winner. So our losers from the weekend, we're going to have to start with Everton for the opposite reasons to Wolves. Like, again, it was a huge game for them. They've lost it. They needed the three points. They haven't gotten them. Confidence is at an all-time low at Goodison Park. And it's not going to get easier for them. Now, there's a game tonight in the EFL Cup. We'll talk about that in a second. But they've got Sheffield United away at the weekend. They have to win that game. They have to win that game. Because then it's Arsenal, then Brentford away, then Luton at home, a game they have to win. Bournemouth at home, a game they have to win. Because then it does get real difficult. Then it's Liverpool away, West Ham away, Brighton, Crystal Palace away, United, Forest away, Newcastle, Chelsea. That's going to be really tough. They've got to start picking up points or it will get messy really, really fast. Now, fortunately for them, both Luton and Sheffield United look like they'll be relegation father this year, though to to credit the Blades, they did put in a good showing at the weekend. But Everton, right now, Everton can't look around the league and say there's definitely three teams worse than us. And in previous years, they could. And if I, I think there's an 11 there that if Dyche could put it on the pitch, they could look at it and think, right, there's definitely three teams worse than us. But it's not the team he's putting out there. And he's making strange decisions. I don't understand why Sean Dyche is playing no wide players. Everything is congested in the middle of the park. It's really, really weird. Because at Burnley... He used the wide spaces to get forward a lot. And I don't know why Ashley Young is in the team. The guy can't play at this point. He just can't. He's a liability. Whatever about having him around the place as, you know, a leader, as a good dressing room presence, he can't play. Um, Second loser then. We've got to go with Arsenal because... That's a game they'll have expected to win at home to Fulham. They've had an easy start. They should have come out of it with nine points. 
They've come out with seven. Teams with more difficult starts, such as West Ham, Liverpool and Tottenham, all have the same number of points. City have more points with a more difficult start. So I think Arsenal, it's also the fact they don't look very good. They're not playing well. They look soft defensively. They don't look as creative in attack. Now, they have Jesus back now, so that will definitely help. But I think they they come out of the weekend as one of the losers. And the third loser of the weekend is football fans because in multiple games this weekend, we have seen games pretty much spoiled by bad refereeing. And the PGMOL just want to stick their heads in the sand. And this is the third weekend in a row where this has happened, where there's multiple controversial refereeing performances. And Howard Webb was brought in to fix the issues and just seems to have compounded things and make, made them worse. And then you've got the Mike Dean situation where he's, you know, talking to anybody who listen and he's telling them, Oh yeah, no, I, I used to, uh, not call decisions against my mates. Good lad. Good lad. Talk about making things worse for everybody. Now the spotlight goes in the PGMOL and we know how they react when that happens. Um, Right, we'll quickly run through the other divisions. Um, games that took place at the weekend. In the Championship on Friday night, Hull won, Bristol City won. Naki Wells with the goal for Bristol there, always liked him. Uh, on to Saturday then, Rotherham won, Leicester City 2, Casey McAteer with both goals for Leicester. Huddersfield nil, Norwich 4. Josh Sargent, Ashley Barnes, Jonathan Rowan, Adam Aday. Great result for Norwich. Uh, Middlesbrough 4, sorry, West Ham, uh, West Brom 4, Middlesbrough 2. Um, game that really got out of hand for Middlesbrough when Tommy Smith got sent off. And they just didn't seem to have a plan B. Um, Ipswich 3, Leeds 4, massive result for Leeds for a couple of reasons here. A couple of reasons here. Number one, Wilfred Nanto played and scored and Luis Sinistera played and scored. Both of them had been rumoured to be pushing for a move away. So to have them both playing and scoring is huge. And if Leeds can keep that front four together with Joel Perot, who I think is a tremendous player, I think it's a great, great signing for Leeds. If they could have found a player like him when they were in the Premier League, when they were desperate for a striker in the Premier League, um, I think they'd have been, I think they'd have stayed up because with Bamford's injuries, they needed another striker. He was banging them in for Swansea in the championship. They've paid nearly 10 million from this summer. And I think he will be the difference in helping them get back up. So you've got him, you've got Reuter, he scored as well, you've got Sinistera and you've got Nanto. That front four, all of them scored, all of them played well. You've got Ampadu and young Archie Gray in midfield. That is a very, very promising pairing. Struik and Roden at centre-back both look quite good. Wouldn't be a fan of Ailing. Wouldn't be a fan of Sam Byram at left-back. So I think they've got to sort those out. But they do have 
to do with Cody Drama. Now, he came on and got injured and had to go back off, so we'll wait and see uh, what happens with him. But the one I was really excited to see was Darko Gabby, the midfielder, and he does look, does look the part. They've got Gelhard there, they've got Somerville, they've got Sam Greenwood. They're going to have loads of options. I'm 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 feeling confident about Leeds and keep an eye out for Stuart Weber been appointed as their new sporting director sometime in September because uh, I think that's going to happen. Um, and listen, to go to Ipswich, who'd had a great start to the season and get the win like that is is really impressive. They went 1-0 down a road and own goal. Then they fired back and went 3-1 up. Ruder, Nanto and Perot scored. Broadhead scored for Ipswich. Sinistera scored for Leeds. And then Connor Chapman scored a late consolation for Ipswich. But that is a great result and a great performance by Leeds United away from home. Uh, Birmingham 2, Plymouth Argyle 1. Millwall 1. Stoke City nil. Kevin Nesbitt with the only goal there. Cardiff City 2, Sheffield Wednesday 1. Barry Barron, I've always liked him. He had a lovely left foot. Uh, Coventry nil, Sunderland nil. Southampton 2, QPR 1. Samuel Odozi and Adam Armstrong scoring the goals for the Saints. Jack Colbeck uh, with the goal for QPR. Uh, Preston 2, Swansea 1. Harrison Ashby and on loan, scoring the only goal for Swansea there. And Watford nil, Blackburn Rovers won. Ryan Hedges with the only goal. That game took place on Sunday. Uh, so table goals. Leicester on 12. Norwich, Birmingham, Southampton and Preston on 10. Ipswich on 9. West Ham, Hull and Blackburn on set on 7. Stoke and Millwall on six, Coventry, Leeds and Bristol on five. So that was Leeds' first win of the win of the season. That was against the team that had won their first three. Um, Watford, Plymouth, Cardiff and Sunderland on th- four points. QPR on three, Swansea on two, Rotherham, Middlesbrough and Huddersfield on one and Sheffield United on zero. Into League One. And we had Exeter 2, Reading 1, Oxford 2, Charlton 1, Peterborough 2, Derby County 4, Cheltenham 0, Northampton 1, Fleetwood 0, Shrewsbury 1, Port Vale 1, Carlisle 0, Stevenage 0, Portsmouth 0, Wigan 0, Barnsley 2, Burton 1, Bolton 1, Leighton Orient 2, Cambridge 0, Bristol Rovers 1, Wickham Wanderers 2, Lincoln City 3, Blackpool 0. League table, Oxford are top with 12 points. Exeter, Bolton, Lincoln, Stevenage and Port Vale all have 10. Portsmouth, Derby, Cambridge, Peterborough and Shrewsbury have 9. Barnsley, Northampton and Wickham have 7. Blackpool have 6. Reading, Reading and Bristol Rovers have five. Leighton Orient have four. Charlton have three. Wigan and Carlisle and Burton have two. Fleetwood and Cheltenham have one. And of course, remember, Wickham started the season with a points deduction. So they've actually taken 10 points from their five games, but they started eight points behind and they've managed to claw it back. So... 
they've put themselves already back among the mix. And from here, they can really make a shot at having a decent season. Uh, in League Two, we will go Mansfield 3, Stockport 2, Walsall 1, Grimsby 1, Gillingham 0, Colchester 3, Harrogate 2, Morecambe 0, MK Dons 2, Doncaster 1, Salford City 1, Accrington Stanley 2. Always nice to see Gary Neville's team lose. AFC Wimbledon 1, Forest Green 1, Newport County 3, Sutton United 1, Barrow 1, Wrexham 1, Swindon 6, Crawley nil. Swindon just seemed to be in the mood for goals the minute Jake Young with four in that game. Um, Bradford won, Crew nil. Notts County two, Tranmere Rovers one. So MK Dons are top with 12 points. Gillingham also have 12 points. You've got Accrington Stanley and Notts County on 10. AFC Wimbledon, Newport and Mansfield on nine. Swindon and Barrow on eight. Salford, Morecambe, Bradford and Crawley on seven. Crewe, Grimsby, Wrexham and Harrogate on six. Walsall on five. Stockport and Forest Green on four. Tranmere, Colchester and Sutton all on three. And Doncaster on one. So Doncaster is the only team not to win a game yet in the division. And the National League, Barnet three. This, these games were all yesterday. On the bank holiday, Barnet 3, Ebbsfleet 2, Bromley 2, Southend 1, Oldham 0, Solihull Moors 2, Flyde Field, Field, Field 3, Altrincham 3, Oxford City 4, Borehamwood 0, Kidminster 0, Maidenhead 0, Woking 2, Dorking 0, Wheelstone 0, Dagenham and Redbridge 2, Halifax 0, Gateshead 0, Chesterfield 3, Hartlepool 2, York City 1, Rochdale 3, and Eastleigh 3, Aldershot Town 0. So Solihull Moor's top 14 points. Barnet and Chesterfield have 13. Hartlepool have 12. Rochdale, Rochdale, Altrincham and Woking have 10. Ebbsfleet, Halifax and Maidenhead have 9. Gateshead and Wheelstone have 8. Dagenham and Aldershot have 7. Eastleigh, Boreham Bromley and Kidminster have six. Oxford City, Oldham and Field have five. Dorking have four. York have three. And Southend have minus one. Southend started ten points deducted for administration, I assume, or some sort of financial irregularity. But they've won three of their games, so they've they've clawed their way back um, to at least, you know, they should stay up. They should be fine. Um, so we might as well take a little trip around Europe before we go to break. And we'll start in France, where Nantes 3, Monaco 3. Taki Minamino scoring again. He's having a good start to the season. With some Ben Yedder and Myron Boadu with the goals. Myron Boadu was such a talented player when he came through with Azel Alkmaar. I think it was Azel. It was either Azel Alkmaar or 20. Myron and he had a horrible leg break. And it took some of his explosion. Aizad uh, Alkmaar. And he's been at Monaco now a couple of seasons. And it just hasn't worked quite well for him. Such a talented player. 
He broke his ankle in September 2018. It just hasn't quite rediscovered the explosiveness that he had. But he's still very, very good. I'd like to see him do well there. Uh, Mustafa Mohammed and John Charles Castelletto with the goals for Nantes, if you're wondering. Marseille 2, Brest 0. Um, Marseille are selling Guendouzi to Lazio, which I thought was one of the stranger moves of the summer. Um, because I would have said he's a he should be in that in that Marseille team. It's not a bad team, actually, to be fair. Um PSG finally got a win. They beat Lens 3-1. Asensio and then two from Mbappe. Noticeable that Mbappe was crying at the end of the game. I wonder is there something gonna happen in the next couple of days? It's just mental. Uh, where he ends up at rail or something. Uh, Ren to Laharve 2. Anyone of interest scoring there? No. Uh, Clermont foot nil. Metz 1. Strasbourg 2. Toulouse 0. Montpellier 1. Reims 3. Laurent 4. Lille 1. That's a dreadful result for Lille. Uh, nice 0. Lyon 0. So, I mean, the tables don't matter, and there's only three games gone. So we'll just we'll just skip the tables for now. We'll go over the results. Um, to La Liga, Las Palmas nil, Real Sociedad nil, Celta Vigo nil, Real Madrid one. Jude Bellingham scoring again. Cadiz nil, Almeria. Uh, sorry, Cadiz one, Almeria one. Uh, shout out to Demo, who's in Cadiz. Don't think he got to the game, but he's in Cadiz at the moment anyway. Uh, Granada 3, Mallorca 2, Sevilla 1, Girona 2, Villarreal 3, Barcelona 4. Mental game. Barca go 1-up through Gavi on 12 minutes. Frankie de Jong makes it 2 on 15 minutes. Juan Foyt pulls one back on 26. Alexander Sorlat equalises on 40. And Alex Bayena puts Real puts Villarreal 3-2 up on 50. And then Ferran Torres equalises on 68, and Robert Lewandowski wins the game for Barca on 71. Valencia 1, Osasuna 2. Club Atle- Athletic Club de Bilbao 4, Real Betis 2. I did tell you to watch this game, and again, mental. Betis go 2-0 up within the first 10 minutes. William Jose and Isco. And then Mikel Vesca scores a penalty on 30 minutes. He scores another penalty on 45 minutes. And in stoppage time at the end of the first half, Gorazeta scores to make it 3-2 to Athletic Club. Unai Gomez wraps it up in the 84th minute makes it 4-2. Hitafe 1, Alaves 0, Borja Mayoral with the penalty there. And last night we had... Rayo Vallecano nil, Atletico Madrid seven. Atleti had forty three percent of the ball and scored seven goals. Now, the last twenty minutes of this game, Vallecano just went into complete meltdown. Griezmann scored on two minutes. Depay scored on sixteen. Molina scored on thirty six, and it looked like that was it. it. Looked like Atleti had just kind of accepted a three nil win. Everybody's happy. Everybody goes home, and then things went mad. 73 minutes, Morata scores. 79, Carrera scores. 
84 Morata scores again and 86 Lorente scores. And it's mortifying for Vallecano to lose 7-0 at home. Uh, again, only three games in that league thus far this season. We will go to the Bundesliga. Leipzig 5, Stuttgart 1. Danny Olmo, Louis Appenda and Xavi Simmons among the scorers there. Heidenheim 2, Hoffenheim 3. Kramerich with a late, late penalty winner for Hoffenheim. Cologne 1, Wolfsburg 2. Jonas Wind scoring both for Wolfsburg. Luca Walschmidt had scored for Cologne. Uh, Darmstadt 1, Union Berlin 4. So Berlin went one up through Robin Golsons. And then Brendan Aronson was sent off. And then Darmstadt equalized on 24 minutes. So you've got inclusive of stoppage time. Let's say you've got 70 minutes left. You're at home and the opposition have 10 men. And somehow you contrive to lose those 70 minutes, three nils, three nil. Uh, Go- Golson scores, Beren scores and Doki scores. And Berlin go home very happy with winners. But Brendan Aronson won't be too happy about that. Bochum won. Dortmund won. Daniel Malin with the goal for Dortmund. Uh, Freiburg won. Werder Bremen nil. We won't talk about that one. Uh, back nil. Bayer Leverkusen three. Uh, Victor Boniface with two more goals. He's having a great start to the season. Mainz won. Eintracht Frankfurt won. Um, Omar Marmosh with a late, late equaliser for Eintracht. Bayern Munich two. Sorry, Bayern Munich three. Augsburg one. Uh, Harry Kane with two more for Bayern, including a penalty. That's three goals now for Kane since making the move. I I think he's going to score a ludicrous amount of goals. He had three goals in three games, three and two in the league. If he doesn't get 50 this season, I'll be stunned. I think he's going to score for fun. You look at the talent they have in that team, and you've got Sané, Nabry, and Coleman behind him. And Alfonso Davies coming from left back. Coming off the bench, you've still got Thomas Muller. You've still got Matthias Tell. Uh, Jamal Musiala didn't play in the game. So Bayern are just going to be scary good for all Bundesliga opponents. But I, I don't think they're going to win the uh, the Champions League this year. I don't think they've got the defence or the midfield to do that. Uh, we'll go to Syria next. Brosnan 2, Atalanta 1. That's an upset. Um, Atalanta would have expected to take all three points there. Monza 2, Empoli 0. Colpani with both goals. Verona 2, Roma 1. That's a big upset. Uh, Hossam Auer did score for Roma. Good to see him up and running. Uh, Milan 4, Torino 1. Pulisic, Giroud. Teo Hernandez and Pulisic again. Um, Per Scherz had actually equalised after the Pulisic goal, but or Pulisic, I don't know. Pulisic is what I call him. Um, And he doesn't deserve me to call him anything else until he proves himself. That's what I'm going to say. Juventus won, Bologna won. Dusan Vlahovic with a late equaliser after young Scott Lewis Ferguson had put Bologna one up. 
Fiorentina 2, Lecce 2. Nicolas Gonzalez, who Brentford are currently trying to sign with very little joy, he gets the opener there. Lazio 0, Genoa 1. Napoli 2, Sassuolo 0. Victor Osman with another goal there. Salonatana 1, Udinese 1. And Cagliari 0, Inter 2. Denzel Dumfries and Laturo Martinez with the goals in that one. Obviously, only two games gone in the Italian league thus far. We will go to Portugal to finish up with this ramble around. Um, Estrella 2, Estoril Perea 1. Aroca 1, Porto Menens 1. Ferenc 5, Chavez 0. Gil Vicente 2, Benfica 3. Angel Di Maria, Rafa Silva and Petar Musa with the goals for Benfica. Boa Vista 1, Casapia 1. Vitoria 2, Vesela 0. Sporting 1, Familicao 0. Palinho with the goal there. And Rio Ave 1, Porto 2. Um, wow. So Rio Ave were 1-up. A Costinha penalty on the 52nd minute. One up through 90 minutes. On In the 91st minute, Galano scores a penalty to equalise. And in the 94th minute, Marcano scores the winner. The centre-back coming up to give Porto three points. So, that is Europe taken care of. We'll now take a break. And when we come back, we're just going to run through some news and some gossip and we'll be done. So, we'll see you after this. Right, welcome back. So, I've decided we're going to play a little bit of a quiz here. Um, BBC have a quiz up. Can you name every PFA player's player of the year? And I think I, I think I'll have a good go at it anyway. So, there's, they give you hints. So, 1973-74, uh, Leeds midfielder known as Bite Your Legs. That is Norman Hunter. So, that's us off to a good start. Derby defender who went on to manage Bolton and the Rams in the top flight. That would be one Colin Hodd. Tottenham goalkeeper who is a Northern Ireland legend. That would be Pat Jennings. Aston Villa striker who is now a pundit in Qatar. That would be Andy Gray. Nottingham Forest keeper who played until 1997 is Peter Shilton. Arsenal midfielder went to become up Went on to become a hugely popular Juventus player. That would be Liam Brady, I think. Liverpool midfielder who had two spells, the Newcastle assistant manager, Terry McDermott. Ipswich midfielder who had a role in Escape to Victory. Is that John Wark? It is. Southampton Ford who went on to manage England. Southampton Ford who went on to manage England. Who was at Southampton at that point? Keegan come back. Wouldn't have been Venables. Hoddle's not a Ford. Keegan? Yes, Kevin Keegan. Uh, Liverpool Ford with two spells as the Reds manager. That would be one Kenny Dalglish. 
Liverpool striker who was in an ad for milk. That is Ian Rush. Everton midfielder who would win the first division twice as Southampton as Sunderland manager. That would be Peter Reid. Everton striker who now presents match of the day is Gary Lineker. Oh. It is Gary Lineker. Oh, I spelled it wrong, haven't I? It is Gary Lineker. Has to be. It is Gary Lineker, yeah. Tottenham Ford, who scored 49 goals in all competitions and played a few games for American football side London Monarchs. I might have to come back to that one. I'll come back to that one. Uh, Liverpool winger, who is a better rapper than manager John Barnes. Manchester United striker who played for Barcelona, Mark Hughes. Should be fairly easy from here on. Aston Villa midfielder who scored a famous World Cup goal. That would be David Blatt. Manchester United defender who started and finished his career at Middlesbrough. That would be Gary Pallister, one of the greats. So hugely underrated. Aston Villa defender, that would be Paul Graff. French Ford, that's Eric Cantona. Blackburn, Newcastle striker, Alan Shearer. Newcastle striker recently stepped down as QPR director of football as Les Ferdinand. Premier League year is going to be easy. Arsenal forward used to miss games due to fear of flying is Dennis Burkamp. Newcastle winger who was briefly a candidate to become FIFA president. I believe that is David Ginola. Manchester United midfielder who left the 2002 World Cup. Uh, that would be one Roy Keane. Manchester United Ford, who had a 33-game spell as Stevenage manager. That's Dwight York, isn't it? Is it Dwight York? No, it's not Dwight York. Is it Dwight York? I don't think it is. I think I've got that one wrong. I might have to come back to that one as well. Not Dwight York. Okay. Um, United striker who went on to score a good few goals for Real Madrid. That would be Rude Van Nistelrooy, if I can spell it correctly. Uh, Arsenal forward. Thierry Henry. Chelsea defender who had a first name for a surname. Most undeserving winner for many a year. Liverpool midfielder who now manages in Saudi Arabia. That is Stephen Gerrard. Um, Manchester United forward who now plays in the Saudi League. That is Cristiano. Manchester United winger, Ryan Giggs, another undeserving winner, but he was given it more for 
career overall than that particular season. Manchester United Ford, who broke England's goal scoring record, that will be Wayne Rooney. Uh, Tottenham winger, who would go on to win five Champions League, that's Gareth Bale. Manchester United Ford, who scored two thirds as Premier League goals for Arsenal, that is Robin Van Persie. I I just know the next one is Suarez because it went Bale Van Persie Bale and then and then Suarez. So we'll just throw in Suarez. Um, Chelsea winger is currently a free agent. That is Eden Hazard, who apparently is considering retirement. Which would be a shame, but not overly surprising. Leicester winger, that would be Riyad Mahrez. Next one should be a Chelsea midfielder, I believe. Yep, that is N'Golo Kante. Liverpool forward who scores loads of goals, that is Mo Salah. It is Mo Salah, but they've insisted that you put in Mohamed Salah. Uh, Liverpool defender, that is Virgil van Dijk, and then the Man City midfielder, it's going to be Kevin De Bruyne. So we'll go Virgil. We'll go Kevin. Now we have two left. Um, Tottenham Ford, who scored 49 goals in all competitions. Tottenham Ford in the late in the mid, well, mid, this was 86-87, mid-80s. It's not my good friend. Oh, it's Clive Allen. It's Clive Allen. Yes, it's Clive Allen. And the last one, Manchester United Ford, who had a 33-game spell as Stevenage manager. So it's the 2000-2001 season. It's not Dwight York. It's not going to be Ollie. So it's Andy Cole or Teddy Sheringham. And I don't remember Andy Andy Cole ever becoming a manager. So we're going to say Teddy Sheringham? Yeah, there we go. 42 of 42, though I admittedly did get that one wrong. So I did put in Dwight York. Uh, so if we were scoring it fairly, I got 41 out of 42. Um, yeah, not bad. Right, news. Uh, Matthias Nunes has skipped training in an effort to try and force a move to Manchester City. And the club have said he will be fined, but I assume he just ends up going to play for Manchester City. Uh, Chelsea's out-of-favour striker Romelu Lukaku is closing in on a move to Roma. Northumbria police are investigating a violent altercation involving Newcastle club captain Jamal Lachelles. A video of the incident which occurred on Westgate Road in Newcastle City Centre, was posted on social media. Um, punches and kicks were exchanged, and it looks like Lachelles was involved. So a little bit unsightly. Not great for the club captain, even though he, he no longer plays. Um, why doesn't he? Why why is he still there? Why are him and Hayden Mullins still there? And I know Hayden Mullins, I think, is going to go on loan to Luton. Just let them leave. No one's going to give you money for them. You're just paying their wages. Just let them leave. Timothy Castanier, Fulham have completed the signing of the Leicester fullback on a four-year contract. 
I'm not a big fan. I'm not a big fan. But they did need help at fullback, so he will provide that. Um, the Spanish FA are exploring options to sack World Cup winning hedge, head coach Jorg Vilda. Why would they sack him? He's just won the World Cup. Oh, okay. So, the, there was a meeting, there was an extraordinary General Assembly on Friday where Rubiales came out and said that he wouldn't resign and Vilda was seen applauding him. He has since come out and criticised his behaviour, but apparently they think this might be just enough to get rid of him. It, it, it just sounds like they might want to get rid of him. Though, you know, he did just win you a World Cup. But I suppose the more important thing is going to be keeping the players on side because it's one of the players that's been affected by this more than anybody. So, yeah, if he gets sacked, good enough for him. Um, That's that. We'll just do the gossip and we'll move. We'll finish up for today. Manchester United are considering a surprise move for Pierre-Emile Heusberg. At this point, I'd take him at Liverpool, but it is Jason Burks. We'll just ignore it. Um, Bayern Munich are looking to secure a loan deal for Scott McTominay and could allow Ryan Gravenberch to go the other way. I think that's a move that works for both clubs. Ali Tahad are ready to test Liverpool's resolve with a 129 million bid for Mo Salah. That's not true. The bid they're, they're, what they're offering is 86 million and some quite hard to reach add ons. So that's going to be laughed out, out of the room. Any bid, to be fair, is going to be laughed at at this point. Manchester United have inquired about Rico Henry. Luke Shaw must be injured, injured. He must be out for a long time if they're going to, because Rico Henry wouldn't be cheap. United are set to reject West Ham's latest offer for Harry Maguire, with Eric Ten Hag keen to keep him uh, amid mounting injury problems. Why would West Ham still want him if they've signed Mavroponis? They did sign Mavroponis, didn't they? I'm almost certain that deal got done. Yeah, did. Um, anyway, West Ham have agreed personal terms with Corinthians forward Yuri Alberto. That's the player I couldn't think of earlier. Uh, he's he's meant to be quite talented. I haven't seen a huge amount. Chelsea are considering a late move for 23-year-old Arsenal and England midfielder Emile Smith-Rowe, as well as Ferran Torres and Rafinha. Arsenal are not going to sell Emile Smith-Rowe to Chelsea. And Emile Smith-Rowe is not going to join Chelsea because the reason he wants to leave Arsenal is because he's not getting opportunities. Tottenham have entered talks with Nottingham Forest over a deal for Brennan Johnson, but a formal bid is yet to be submitted. Barcelona expect to complete a loan deal for João Canseo in the coming days. Nottingham Forest are closing in on the signing of Wilfred Ndidi. Bayern Munich apparently also interested. Liverpool are pushing to sign... Belgian winger Johan Bakayoko with Everton, Burnley and Crystal Palace also interested in the 20-year-old. Nottingham Forest have submitted a 9 million euro bid for Benfica and Greece goalkeeper Odysseus Vlacodimus. Vlacodimus? I'll have to hear that said multiple times before it's going to wrap into my ears. But yeah, Odysseus Vlacodimus is what we're going to go with. Uh, Forest are also close to completing a swap deal 
if this is true, this would be a hell of a deal for us, where they would get Nicholas Dominguez and Remo Freuler would go to Bologna. He didn't work out in the Premier League. He found the pace sort of a bit too much. Nicholas Dominguez, I think, would do well in the Premier League. So I, I would very much be in favour of that move from a Forest point of view. Leeds have made an approach for Tottenham's England under 21 right back, Jed Spence, um, would be a loan move. That would be a very good signing for them. Saudi side Al Itahad are interested in Joe Gomez, but the Reds have no intention of setting. This is just Romano making something up for interactions. It's not actually true. Uh, Brazil midfielder Fred appears to have confirmed 25 year old Turkish goalkeeper Altai Bayender's imminent move to Manchester United by wishing his. Fenerbahce team well at Old Trafford so there you go and that's what we have um, yeah transfer window is heating up I, I I think the next couple of days could be a little bit mental um, Andre Onana who if you'll remember was sent home from the last World Cup has been recalled by Cameroon um, having said he wouldn't play for them again Um Oh, we do have football tonight. We do have football tonight. Hang on a second. We have EFL Cup football tonight. A lot of EFL Cup football tonight. Right. You have 7.30 kickoff, Swansea at home to Bournemouth. 7.45, Bristol against Norwich. Bristol City, that is. Bristol City against Norwich. Plymouth against Crystal Palace. Fulham against Tottenham. That should be decent. Tranmere against Leicester, Wickham against Sutton, Portsmouth against Peterborough, Port Vale against Crew Alexandra, Wolves against Blackpool, Wrexham against Bradford City, Birmingham against Cardiff City, Luton against Gillingham, Stoke against Rotherham, Sheffield Wednesday against Mansfield, Newport against Brentford, Bolton against Middlesbrough, Exeter against Stevenage, Reading against Ipswich, Salford against Leeds, Harrogate against Blackburn, Chelsea against AFC Wimbledon, Harrogate against uh, Blackburn. I think I said that one, sorry. Sheffield United against Lincoln. And... Oh, sorry, Sheffield United against Lincoln is tomorrow night. So the, the... I'm an idiot. There's a couple of these games are tomorrow night. Harrogate against Blackburn, Chelsea against Wimbledon is tomorrow. Salford versus Leeds is the last one for tonight. It and it and the Reading-Ipswich game are 8pm kickoffs. Uh, tomorrow night we get Harrogate, Blackburn, Chelsea, AFC Wimbledon, Sheffield United, Lincoln, Nottingham Forest, Burnley should be maybe the tie of the round and Doncaster against Everton. So Everton's Cup dreams come to an end. Nice and early. Um, we'll we'll leave it there I will see you all tomorrow it is nostalgia day tomorrow I think I think I have tomorrow's nostalgia day zeroed in so see you then bye bye Podcast Network.